Welcome to part two of the Sales and Marketing Alignment podcast with special guest Dermot Walsh from HubSpot. And what I would say to Mark earlier today as well is sometimes the fastest way to speed up a sales process is actually to slow it down. Yeah. And what I mean by that is to push back. So if you feel that you're not getting mm-hmm. the information that you need to move forward, you need to be clear yeah. with the prospect and say, listen, I need to understand, like for example, for example, and you might have an example where a prospect doesn't at this stage want to share with you revenue projections or what their current revenue is. They feel that, no, no, I don't want to do that. How can we ultimately help if we don't really understand where they want to get to in terms of revenue? We need to understand what the revenue is today and where they need to go to. And you need to then, if they're not willing to share that information, you need to explain First of all, why you want that information, why you need that information, and if they're still not willing to share, it's a case of, listen guys, there's no point moving forward until you are willing to share that information. And that's a case of like pushing back, slowing the sales cycle down, and making them realize we're here to help, but you need to share with us that information. Going back to the car dealership analogy, it's, it's asking that dealer for Come on, what's your best price? And you know you can afford two hundred a month. Yeah. They were no, it needs to be one twenty. Yeah. And they're like, no, what can you really afford? You know, one twenty. And he's like, you can't really. Afford, you can afford more than that. Yeah. Forget it. Oh, yeah. Matter. We're never going to meet your price. <laughs> when really, if you'd have just gone one eighty, and gone yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's exactly. It's 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 a really it's a really interesting shift in in sales, isn't it? And how marketing adapts and get into that. I think it's really worth a marketer's time and we do this a lot as an agency getting in the room with sales and understanding how that funnel looks um, how many leads they need to ultimately do mm-hmm. do enough pitches to ultimately yeah. win enough customers to ultimately hit their revenue goal and the amount of companies that don't have that funnel is quite amazing mm-hmm. so what, what percentage of companies that you dealt with have that information? I've not been to one yet that had it and we've been doing this for five years plus. I've honestly never been so. We could have a sales team bigger than our whole company. Yeah. Sales, all sales, all salespeople should know what their metrics are. Yeah. Because for a salesperson to be successful, they a really good salesperson will have a plan made out at the start of the year in terms yeah. of what their annual goal is that are broken down in terms of quarter. They'll then be able to reverse engineer, okay, yeah. assuming they have a very structured sales process, okay, so if I bring on board one new client per month, I need to have this two proposals, yeah. then I need to have five or six goal setting calls, then I need to have 15 discovery calls, then I need to have 30 connect calls, then I need to have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 90 leads. Mm-hmm. And then I need to have an understanding of where those leads are coming from. And that's where, sorry to hop in before you finish, yeah. that's where Mark, that's why I think the value is for marketers yeah. because once you know that lead number, you can take that funnel further back. So you can go, right, these guys need 100 yeah. leads a month. That means I need to give them 150 contacts because I know half of them will be wrong fit, the other side of the world, using Gmail, emails, addresses, etc. They won't be the right fit for us. So we've got to do 150 contacts. If we need 150 contacts and our website closes at 3%, I don't know the maths, by the way, to work on that. Yeah, yeah, You know that you need 5,000 visits and 5,000 visitors a month to ultimately fill that funnel. And that's why I was saying that I think that's where it's worth you as a marketer sitting in that room, doing it with sales, writing that funnel out, because yeah. ultimately it affects your metrics. Yeah. Then what you can do is 
even better as a smart marketer is take, right, those are the metrics we need. Ultimately, we know the revenue goal. And you can start to understand what all of those things mean in revenue. Mm. So you know a contact's worth 20 quid, you know a lead's worth 40 quid, you know a, pitch, a, a connect call's worth 50 quid, etc. And you can work all that out. So when you're, when you're doing Facebook ads, PPC ads, you can figure out if your cost per acquisition of a contact is higher or lower than what you need to make money at it at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That relies on the partnership angle again, though, doesn't it? Because does. you don't want some client sales team being like, oh, yeah, we closed 90% of all, that's all my, leads you get. That's my very favourite answer to that question. What, what's your close rate? Give me the leads, I'll close them all. How many salespeople say that? And I say, look, if I use your logic and I do this funnel and your close rates are yeah, how many? We give you a lead. Did you close it? close rate. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I, I think as well. You know, because so many companies don't have that insight yeah. into their data. This is why you know you as an agency are in a really good opportunity because it's beginning to have those conversations yeah. with business owners, with marketing directors, with sales directors, getting them to think, and guaranteed they've all wanted to do it, yeah. they've all maybe tried to do it, and they've just, yeah. you know, business has gotten in the way, day-to-day life has gotten in the way, they don't have the technology set up. Exactly. Um, so the great thing is that you can begin to implement the inbound methodology, it will take time, um, but then you can always review it every three months, six months, and every, essentially every quarter, and review but constantly understanding what the breakdown is in terms of those actual metrics. Because like you said, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. If you're, if you're not hitting those funnel numbers, you can quickly look back and see where you're going wrong. Exactly. So it's like, we're getting 5,000 visitors, but we're not getting 150 contacts. We've got a conversion issue. Yeah. We're, getting, we're getting 150 contacts, but they're not turning into 100 leads. You've got, you've got an issue with quality of leads coming into your site. And by having all those metrics, and similarly in sales, like we're getting to the end and I haven't closed enough out. I'm, disqualified enough early enough so I'm pitching unnecessarily. By having all of those metrics in place, when something goes wrong, you're not all just sat around the table saying, hey guys, where have we gone wrong? You yeah. sat around and we can say, right, it's this phase where we're going wrong, let's all work together and fix mm-hmm. in that phase. Yeah, no, for sure. And, the, and it, I suppose the great thing about it is there's nowhere to hide. No. And because there's nowhere <laughs> to hide... People every, don't like that. Well, no, some people yeah. don't like it, but the great thing about it is, you know, the people who are generally are really good at their job do like it. You know, yeah, exactly. And, and ultimately, it's the people who are really good at their job that you want to keep happy. <laughs> yeah. Because you want to be giving those the credit as opposed to somebody who isn't good at their job yeah, and right. getting all the credit. Yeah. So there's nowhere to hide. You know, using a technology like HubSpot, everything is, you know, it's, it's clear as day. It's completely transparent. And ultimately, not only does it, can you see the problems in terms of the funnel, yeah. But you can also quickly identify, okay, well, we're giving, you know, we're generating 500 leads per month. We have five salespeople. There's 100 being rotated to each different person. The buyer personas typically are the same. You know, you can quickly identify which salespeople are typically more skilled than others. Yeah. And in addition to that, it can identify why are they not closing as much as maybe their peers? Is there a breakdown in relation to their sales process? Do they need to practice and hone in a particular skill? whether it be around the discovery call or the connect call or whatever it may be. And we were talking about this on the car on the way down, by having those figures you can also scale. So if you know you're getting 100 lead, 500 leads, 100 leads a salesperson, when you start getting the 650 you might think, right, we need another salesperson and you can start yeah. scaling your business that way based on metrics. Hub, essentially HubSpot, we very much are our own best case study. Yeah. We grow our business through inbound marketing 
I'm not sure of the exact numbers. I'm going to take a guess here, but I could be wrong. I think it's around 50,000 plus leads per month yeah. that we're generating as a business, and that's growing all the time. Gotcha. But the company knows what the conversion rate is in yeah. terms of those number of leads. It knows how many new customers we will expect to have at the end of each month, at the end yeah. of each quarter. So it knows that we need to ultimately invest in certain areas of the business to continue that level of growth. Okay. So it's a really proven model that yeah. works. What, what is that conversion rate? Will you tell us? Do you know? <laughs> Don't know. No idea. Don't Can't know. Oh, what is that? I mean, at HubSpot as a company, we're growing yeah. at 50% every year. That's great. Yeah. You know, we uh, went public, I think, uh, October 2014. At a valuation of around eight hundred million dollars, we're about two and a half billion dollars today valuation. Um, wait, wait, so it's <laughs> a couple of pence beyond. But the interesting thing, you know, is the company is hoping to achieve a billion dollars in annual revenue by two thousand and twenty. Mm. And the reason it's confident it can say that because of this reason, yeah, it's because they have a very proven methodology in place for marketing and sales. Not more trust for investors and more, yeah. more yeah. money to do things. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, one of their big problems will be is that maintaining that level of growth, you have to hire an awful lot of more people every Skilled year. people, yeah. So, but I think yeah. that's probably been their biggest challenge as opposed to actually where are they getting the where are they generating leads because as we all know, with inbound marketing, it takes time to get found, but once you build that authority, once you have a really kind of strong publishing network, whether it be through an agency or your own in-house team, mm -hmm. you can begin to get found for the relevant long-tail keywords that you want to get found for and just continue to generate more and better quality leads all the time. And the, the analogy I use there is with, with inbound, you, you, you're buying. So if you look at it like property, you're buying your house, you, you're going to build for the future, you're going to own that at the end of it. Whereas when you rely on 100% on, on PPC or advertising your rent in, mm -hmm. and as soon as you stop putting those, those pounds in, it's, it's gone. Your whole, your whole streams are gone. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of inbound, is it does take a lot longer. Do you make that up? I think so. No, no it's I'm going to copyright that. That's the analogy I use when I, when I talk to customers. Yeah, yeah. You, you turn your PPC off and it stops. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Where inbound is almost like SEO, which is... Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's an organic. I mean, the, the 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 piece of content that HubSpot generates its most leads from. Now, the problem with this is that nobody knows what piece of content is really going to do that yeah. until you actually publish it. Yeah, yeah. we found that. But but the piece of content was um, it's targeted towards our marketing Mary. Yeah. And a marketing Mary persona will be um, female marketeer, busy person, mid level. An organization, probably about 50 or so employees, very busy job, but t works in marketing, but also tasked with doing other activities, chores for the business. And one of those would be writing a press release. You know, can you write a press release? So, what HubSpot identified this and they created um, a template of how do you write a press release? If you type into Google, how do you write a press release? In the top three or four search, organic search results, you will see the HubSpot blog, how do you write a press release? And that, I don't know how many thousands of leads that have generated, <laughs> but it's been a huge quantity of leads. And just as you said there, you know, with inbound marketing, you're creating content yep. that you can't get found for essentially forevermore. Yeah. You're never gonna turn that top off. But I would say this, it does take time. And 
businesses ultimately need, a lot of the time when they engage agencies they need leads now because they're potentially struggling to hit a particular goal yeah. sometimes PPC can be a really good way to work yeah, you know yeah, to, to yeah. boost that session for the first three or four months and then after three or four months hopefully that inbound machine is kind of cracking for you getting fine for those for that particular content yeah. and then begin to turn it off like what Andrew said Tom I think it was on the first podcast when you said about using PPC as well, not just for getting in some quick wins, mm. but also to learn from mm. for inbound campaigns. It's a quick way to get getting data yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the stra- strategy side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good for that. Yeah, we've touched on that. We're <coughs> also paying social ads as well. We've touched on that in the, in the last podcast. No, great. We, yeah. Quick win, aren't it? A quick jump out. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. Facebook, I mean, like, you know, they say, I mean, like, I've heard a lot of. Um, expert marketeers talk about the power of Facebook that so many organizations aren't using it yet. So it potentially might be a company to invest in to, to invest in I think because it looks like um their their cost of their advertising will probably greatly increase over the next two or three mm, years. Massively. It'll be where Google AdWords is now yeah. own it in a, in in a year. So this is the value of that now. We've talked about this pretty much on every single podcast so far. And it's working great for us. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for us and our clients, but th- this is why we do the podcast, though, to share share the wealth. Just let, let's talk about resistance. Then. So you've got um, you've got sales, you've got marketing, old school. You've got guys who've been in sales for forty years and on a separate camp. I don't know anything to do with them guys. And suddenly we're trying to bring these together. We're getting resistance, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Have you got any tips and advice how we can get these guys on board or work together? How marketers approach yeah, sales because yeah. it is it is weird. It's a weird situation. We've talked about this recently. You're going in as a a thirty year old marketer yeah. telling a fifty five year old sales director how to do sales, and, and that's not obviously not how we approach it. And I'm sure Dermot's going to say don't approach it that way. But it's quite interesting as a, as a marketer how how you go to sales and say you need to change because of these things. Okay, I mean, like, I think I wouldn't necessarily use the term you need to change. Yeah. I would more try and approach it from a workshop standpoint and base it around education and base it around sharing case studies and actual numbers and potentially getting, you know, those legacy sales directors to engage with sales directors um, who are their peers, who have been in the business a long time having that kind of reference conversation or potentially you know recording like what we're doing now or having a podcast with sales directors who may have engaged this new process that are seeing real value recorded and then send it out to these people but it's all it it is i think the best way to educate somebody in most cases legacy people is typically to get them talking to other legacy people who have actually changed and seen value a tactic we've we've had recently is rather than going to the top and trying to get them to drill it down, pick a sales exec, use them if they're if they're up for it, show them how you can uh, manipulate their numbers, get their numbers up, and then when all of a sudden this sales exec starts closing a lot more than the rest of the team, that's when people start to take notice, and that's that's a quick in because normally you're talking to a guy of a similar age, he's he's up for it because he's new and he just wants to get results and impress his boss. And we found in a few cases where you do get resistance at the top, 
go in at the bottom, make him a superhero, everyone else will want what he has. Yeah, because yeah. they don't just talk like you said earlier. Yeah, they don't particularly know more <laughs> out of the world than sales as well. That's an Ed, ed- <laughs> Education is absolutely key. It's, you know, what we always say when you're talking, because inbound is a relatively new concept, um, and because change, you know, it's, it's, it's changing, everything is changing so fast. It, you need to always be educating both yeah. yourself and your clients. And I think that's probably one of the big challenges today and into the future is keeping on top of what is actually changing because it is everything is changing so fast. I think it's a big pat on the back for anyone who's, who's a marketer that's doing inbound, who's watching this, who's involved because you're one of the, I don't know what the saturation point of inbound is in the UK, but you're one of the three to five percent who are in it, who are doing it other people haven't even started this process so I think it's a big part on the back that you're in it you're trying to learn it you're doing it because it's still so it's still so young isn't it yeah but the great thing about inbound as well you know the four key pillars are attract so driving the correct audience to your website convert you know knowing who they are getting them to convert on your website downloading content so we can find out who their, their first name their last name their email address is and then beginning to market to them and then ultimately delighting them when they become a customer becoming thought leader so that's the methodology. Then you need to ask, well, what challenges is it actually solving? It's ultimately solving companies that have pain points around, there's nobody coming to my traffic, yeah. or there's traffic coming to our website, but we don't know who's actually coming to our website. Yeah. Or there's people converting our website, but it's entirely the wrong type of place. <laughs> yeah. Or you could have the business owner who is getting fed up with their marketing director who's constantly looking to increase budget and their marketing spend and typically they might be spending three to five percent of annual revenue and the business owners tearing his hair out you know he or she is saying show me the value like show me the proof that this is working and with marketing it's very difficult in many cases to prove out that exact order why but the beauty about inbound marketing is that and particularly using hubspot to deliver in by marketing is that you can prove out that oral way right down to the very last penny that they spend. So that's, you know, they're the problems. And the question is, how many companies have those problems? The reality is, the vast majority of companies out there have the problems. The question is, do they want to address those problems today or ever? But ultimately, you know, that's your job as an agency is to try and find those companies, deliver value. But the question is, which companies actually want to address it today? But the reality is, the vast majority will have those problems. We, we wrote a blog recently that said, if you, if you want to become the superhero in your company and you want to be the marketing person that really stands out, you've got to ultimately solve one of the problems the business has, which are all the, which are all the parts yeah. of the methodology. Yeah. I've either not got enough traffic, I've not got enough leads, I've not got the right leads, or I've not got enough of the right leads. And if you solve one of those four problems that pretty much every business has, that's where you excel in your role, that's how you get a promotion as an in-house marketer. Um, that's when we're going out talking to prospects. That's, that's how we talk about it, isn't it? Yeah. I agree, Ricky. And just to help the viewers out, everything we spoke about regarding sales and marketing for them, we've actually built some editable templates. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time doing these. We're going to put them in the show notes yeah. and you guys can download them free of charge. Am I all right? Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Viewers? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. So I can deploy, there. as you say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well plugged. They're, they're templates for what? For, for the sales and marketing funnel. I mean, really yeah, so it, it's literally what we, what we go through, which is figure out your number of customers and work that back, leads, pitches, etc. right the way to visitors. Yeah. Okay, if you put the percentages in on the side, you can work out the right hand side. And okay. We get a lot of people to... So it says sales populates. 
Yeah, exactly. Put the percentages in. So we'll have them in the uh, in the show notes. Dermot really enjoyed this podcast today. Probably my favourite one, and it's made me realise that we probably need to get some more guests in. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Super great. We're going to go out tonight for some food, some more beers. So uh, they went down very quickly. We'll wrap up. So again, thank you for watching. Any feedback, um, please put in the comments. Please share. Yeah. We're, we're really valuable. And um, yeah, let's leave it at that. Thanks, awesome. guys. Take care. Bye.